All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Better late than never. Welcome. It's baby. Let's go, baby. Fucking Anton Lander. I like, really like the backup Yeah! Yeah! Bag milk. Yeah! This is Ceases. 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 Tyler, your rem check is so fucking sexy. Jesus. Fucking Anton Lander. It's my favorite. Lots to get to today. Let's turn the intro down. Better late than ever, episode 90-something. Doesn't matter. What's the off-season? This one could get a little bit weird. I'm just going to I'm just going to I'm just going to give you a little bit of warning. Today's episode of Better Late Than Never, uh, my prep at least is essentially leading us down the path to just a very odd podcast. So if you're in the mood for a little nonsense, I've got plenty of it for you today. First I got to start off by saying thank you to the audio department for helping me out to fix the audio on this podcast. Not only are they a recording studio where you too can record one or an album whatever you want. The folks at the audio department, they're there to help. And I think I sound better. I think I've kind of uh, fixed some of the issues I was having. So again, if you missed it last week, Danny, thank you. Thank you for the time. I basically sat at my roadcaster here for a couple hours with just the manual out, fucking with some settings. I still got some work to do, but I'm feeling pretty good about it overall. Go check them out at theaudiodepartment.ca. Where else can I start? today's podcast outside of the story everybody on the internet is talking about that is of course the titan submersible went down to check out the titanic thirteen thousand feet nearly below sea level if you don't know the story real quick essentially a bunch of rich folks paid two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to get on a tiny sub looking thing to go down to the titanic and Check it out, I guess. Well, what's happened since is that that submersible is now missing. 
And I'm going to quote a little bit here from Live Science. Or is it Live Science? Live Science? Live science. Doesn't matter. A privately owned submersible carrying five people on a deep sea dive to the wreck of the Titanic has been missing at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean since Sunday. If you're missing this, today is Wednesday. So at some point, we lost this sub on Sunday. Banging sounds heard across 30-minute intervals have now been detected by the Canadian seaplane, sending authorities scrambling to locate their source. On Tuesday afternoon, the U.S. Coast Guard uh, the U.S. Coast Guard estimated that 40 hours of the vessel's emergency oxygen could remain. The missing crew consists of Hamish Harding, a, bit, a British billionaire and adventurer, uh, Shaz... Fuck, I'm going to ruin these names. Shazada Dawood, a Pakistani-British businessman and his son, Suleiman, uh, Stockton Rush, chief executive and founder of Ocean Gate Expeditions. They're the ones that make these subs. So the CEO of Ocean Gate Expeditions was on this boat. Paul Henry Nargoliet is a French submersible pilot. So he was the one driving it. A couple of weird things. One, I didn't know that this was a thing that rich people are doing. Rich people out here doing things. Spending two hundred fifty grand, getting in a tiny little sub that. Have you been a West Ed? You know those subs that used to be a West Ed, and they would cruise along near the Santa Maria. Well, that's what these things look like, except they're supposed to go down to the bottom of the ocean. I and mean, you pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars to do this. I did not know that this was a thing that rich people are up to. So, what is the Titan submersible? If again, if you're if you if you're caught up, you can fast forward a couple of minutes. Until I get to my theories. But now I'm just going to do a little backstory for those of you that were like, Bag Milk, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't listen to any of this shit. What is the Titan Submersible? It is a five-person research and survey submissible. Submersible. It's basically a sub. Owned and operated by OceanGate, a private company that provides submersibles for commercial research and military purposes, according to the website. It is designed to carry up to five people, usually consisting of a pilot and four crew members, built to dive to depths of 13,123 feet, that's 4,000 meters, and travel at three knots, which is 5.6 kilometers an hour. The craft is 22 feet long and weighs an estimated 23,000 pounds. Most major marine operators follow standards set by ship classification societies, although there is no legal requirements to seek classification. The Titan is a custom-built vessel that has not had its design classified. Made from titanium and filament-wound carbon fiber, the submersible is bolted from the outside. This means the crew cannot open it to be let out. A team on the surface has to unseal the hatch that is closed by 17 bolts on the outside of the submersible. The submersible has four electronic thrusters that are piloted with a Logitech gaming console. Today, Logitech stock, I'm going to check it out now that the trading hours are over. Logitech stock went down 3.56% today when people found out that there was basically a PlayStation controller that was in control of this fucking sub. Now, we've got a little backstory. We understand what's going on. we got a missing sub with five missing people. Now. Having some banging noises come out has everybody excited about what this could mean. But as I just told you, there could be about 40 hours of oxygen left at best. And that article came out at some point this morning. So less than that, significantly less than that. So what do we do? I keep refreshing Twitter every 15 minutes to see if they found it. Listen, and I hate to say this because there's people's families out here. And this is a lighthearted podcast, but like, I don't have good feelings about what happened to these folks. If you know anything about how the ocean works, the farther down you get, the fucking pressure gets immense. It gets immense. And as I'm looking at this little infographic on the CNN website about it, 
If you go down to where the Titanic is laying on the seafloor, the Titanic lies at about 12,500 feet below sea level. The, uh, the descent to the Titanic wreckage site takes about two and a half hours. So the sub was going downward for about two and a half hours, but it got lost somewhere. How deep is 12,500 feet? Well, the tallest building on Earth, the Burj Khalifa, which I just learned about today, the Burj Khalifa is in Dubai. That thing is 829 meters tall, which is 2720 in terms of feet. So some quick Uremchuk math here, 12,500. I'm actually using a calculator. I'm cheating. That is four and a half of those buildings stacked on top of each other. If you've been in New York, I have not. But if you've seen the Empire State Building, that one is 12, uh, 1,250 feet. So essentially, there's 10 of those stacked on top of each other. This is, I mean, I just, I don't know what to say. It's sad. At the same time, though, and this is what makes me feel bad. So maybe I should get Satan to say it, or maybe I should just say it. The way I process information is via memes and jokes. So if something happens, for my brain to really comprehend it, I try to make fun of it. Now, that doesn't work a lot of times. Podcast confession. Nobody wants to hear my jokes about sad situations. But I tend to, most of the time, I just do them in my head. That's how I process. So for me, the memes that have come out about this have been fantastic. They've made me laugh out loud. It is completely um, an outrageous story, and it just gets weirder by the day. So the guy that I said who is the British billionaire, Hamish something, his stepson is making this whole story that much more bizarre. So the kid's name is Brian, and last night he posted a thing on, uh, let me see if I can find the post. He deleted it off Twitter. But essentially, he posted himself outside the Blink-182 concert last night. Hamish Harding is his name. So his stepson is named Brian. So last night, uh, Brian, I don't know if it's Harding or whatever, he is standing outside the Blink-182 concert in San Diego saying there's something, and I'm paraphrasing because he deleted the tweet, this may be in poor taste, but my family would want me to go to the Blink concert. Now, I am a huge Blink-182 concert uh, fan. My favorite band since I'm, I don't know, 12 years old. Still love them to this day. I'm 38 years old. I go see them, in fact, in eight days, and I'm super pumped about it. They're here in Edmonton. I spent way too much money on tickets. I'm going to Blink, and I'm excited. Now, if my stepdad went missing the day of the Blink-182 concert, I don't know that my first thought would be going to the Blink concert. I also don't know that my first thought would be going to Twitter and saying, I'm single, ladies, which is another deleted tweet. So going through since uh, Sunday, there's a bunch of deleted tweets in here. Um, it starts off by going, my stepdad, Hamish Harding, is on the submarine. Thoughts and prayers. Okay. Thanks for all the love and support, he says. And then that's when he says, it may be in poor taste, but my family would want me to go see Blink-182. I hope you enjoy the show, man, from the videos I saw on TikTok this morning. It looked like it was a great show. He even posted a video on his Twitter account of Stay Together for the Kids. (laughs) 
And then he tweeted, Blink-182 gets us through life's toughest times, which I tend to agree with. Stay together for the kids. My favorite song as a child. Product of divorce. Makes sense. You get it. Thanks for all the love and support, fam. That's his next one. Please keep my family in your prayers. That is eight hours ago. And then for some reason, a chick that I assume is like an OnlyFans model, Instagram model. She's a babe. She's a tattooed babe. He quote tweets... Um, her tweet is a picture of her in a thong bikini and it says, can I sit on you? And his response was to quote tweet it going, yes, please. And then he starts taking shots at Cardi B who saw the photo of him at the Blink concert and be like, yo, bro, your, your stepdad's missing and you're going to the Blink concert. So then he starts getting in a fight with Cardi B. Cardi B, we know your latest releases are trash, but is your career this desperate for attention now is what he says to Cardi B. Thanks for all the love from EDM Twitter. So I guess my boy, my boy likes clubbing a little bit. Anyway, this dude is unhinged on Twitter. Somebody in that family needs to take his fucking phone away because he is tweeting as though he is not at all sad that his stepdad's gone. That's just my opinion. That is just my opinion. I don't know anything about uh, Doug or Brad or whatever the fuck I said his name was. Brian. <laughs> but what I do know is... Uh, this, these are, I mean, it's weird. I'm not saying that don't live your life or anything, but I am saying it's weird. Looking through some of the replies on his tweets, Braby is one that sticks out. Y'all can't tell people how to cope. His emotions may be delayed. It's honestly a lot to process. Relax. He's literally going through enough. I mean... I do agree with that point. Tweeting at porn stars, yes, please, to sit on you. Uh, let, I mean, if this Bria chick is a porn star, let me go to her profile here real quick. Uh, link to OnlyFans. Uh, there's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee. A lot of ass shots. A lot of ass shots on this girl's Twitter. So essentially, um, I don't know. It's just a weird move. All, all I'm saying is it's a weird move. <laughs> to be tweeting that that babes when your stepdad's missing and being like i'm single what up what it do baby <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> what the fuck is going on man back to the titan submersible though so as i mentioned there are pe- there's banging sounds mysterious banging sounds and I go to TSN, or not TSN, CNN for the latest updates. It goes, a massive operation to find the missing submersible with five people aboard is focused on an area where more banging sounds were picked up Wednesday afternoon in the remote North Atlantic Ocean, sparking hope in some quarters, even as the craft's oxygen wanes. The operation was still a search and rescue missing 1,000%, says the U.S. Coast Guard Captain Jamie Frederick. Uh, it remains unclear whether the noises are from the missing submersible. He never said. Naval experts were analyzing tapes of the sounds in an attempt to determine their origin. I can't tell you what the nose- noises are, said U.S. Coast Guard Captain Jimmy Frederick. Meanwhile, the surface search has broadened to about two times the size of Connecticut and about two and a half miles under the area where the noises were detected Tuesday and Wednesday. The underwater sounds were detected by sonar devices deployed to find the 21-foot vessel that lost contact Sunday while descending 13,000 feet to the bottom of the ocean to tour the Titanic's wreckage. The banging on Tuesday first came every 30 minutes and was heard again four hours later, according to the internal government memo updated on the search. What we don't know is where the fuck this sub is, and based on what I could find, and based on the videos I could see, the Titanic search, or the Titanic crash site, if that's what you want to call it, is actually quite spread out. 
There's little pieces kind of everywhere. So one of the problems that I'm reading that they're having is that they're using sonar to try and find this thing and it's pinging, but what it could be chunks of the Titanic. It could be a fucking rock down there. I don't know. It is 13,000 feet below the sea level. It's basically pitch black down there. It is right above what is known as the abyss, the abyssal zone, which is essentially the deepest place on earth. It is currently the midnight zone. There is no light that gets down there. Make sense? I guess. So what is my point with all this? I have no idea. I don't know. In my heart of hearts, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, like, I, how do you have a happy ending to this story? Because the more you dig into the story, you more you see how the odds are against these people. And it's just, clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. And then you read things about buoyancy and what it takes to get something off the bottom of the ocean. Did I just turn my microphone on? Oh, no, I'm good. Anyway, I just, I feel for the families. I know we're making a little bit of jokes. And I know I said I'm laughing at a lot of memes. But think of the families. It's just the craziest story. It is the craziest story. Safety concerns were raised by the Manned Underwater Vehicles Committee of the Marine Technology Society, which penned a letter to OceanGate in 2018 expressing concern over what it referred to as the company's experimental approach with the Titan vessel and its planned expedition to the site of its Titanic wreckage, the New York Times reported on Tuesday. Our, our, our apprehension is that the current experimental approach adopted by OceanGate could result in negative outcomes, from minor to catastrophic, that would have serious consequences for everyone in the industry. The letter obtained by the Times read in part. So five years ago, there was concerns about safety of this vessel. Your marketing materials advertises that the Titan design will meet or exceed the DNVGL standards, safety standards, yet does not appear that OceanGate has the intention of following DNVGL class rules. Your representation is at minimum misleading to the public and breaches an industry-wide professional code of conduct where we all endeavor to uphold. OceanGate has not responded to any requests for comment on the letter from TSN. The last communication between the vessel and the mothership, the Polar Prince, came in at 11.47 a.m. on Monday. The vessel was expected to surface at 6.10 p.m., but did not do so. Authorities were notified at 6.35 p.m., and thus the search began. Some parts of the Titan are decidedly low-tech. Unlike a submarine, the submersible needs a mothership to launch it, has fewer power reserves, and can't stay underwater as long. It is operated by a gaming controller, what essentially looks like a PlayStation controller, said CNN correspondent Gabe Cohen, who sat in the Titan in 2018 while reporting on OceanGate expeditions for CNN affiliate Como. It's a tiny vessel, quite cramped and small, Cohen said at the time. You have to sit inside of it, shoes off, and it can only fit five people. The Titan is held underwater by ballistic built by automatically release. Hang on a second. The Titan is held underwater by a ballast built to automatically released after 24 hours to send the sub to the surface, said Aaron Newman, an investor in OceanGate who went up, who went down to the Titanic on the Titan in 2021. It's designed to come back up. Every step possible was taken to bring the five crew members back safely. Ocean Gates said in a statement on Monday, we are deeply grateful for the urgent and extensive assistance we are receiving from multiple government agencies and deep sea companies as we seek to reestablish contact with the submersible. I just, the whole story is fucking nuts. If this was a movie, it wouldn't be a good one because it sounds like a horror movie. You're like, oh, in a land where four billionaires or multi-millionaires paid $250,000 to go see the Titanic. 
We lost the ship. The stepson's going to Blink-182 and hitting on chicks with OnlyFans accounts. All of it is odd. <laughs> what the fuck? What is this, man? So anyway, that's what I've been occupying my time with over the last couple of days, in case you were wondering. I'm just like everybody else. I assume you're listening to this going, I knew that by the time this comes out, I know this information. So if you're following along, hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. Just be like, I'm following along with the Titan submersible story. I need to know what's going on too. Mimes has got me in touch on this story and we've just been obsessed with it over the last couple of days. It is very, very sad. I can't think of a scarier end than what's going on in my head right now. Again, if you start learning about the pressure and how the ocean works, even the slightest little crack in the hull means catastrophic event. I'm just thinking about the families. I don't know how to transition out of this, so I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I don't remember who it was that said that Love Island is a show that I should watch. I don't remember who it was. I wish I could give you credit because I am just crushing the latest season of Love Island USA. And what is the point of this story? of this show there is none essentially they stick i don't remember the numbers now but it's like 10 dudes 11 girls in the house and they all have to pair up and the extra person has to leave every week that doesn't get to pair up and the pairs change and then new people come in and more people go and then they voted people out and some people come back in and it is a completely nonsense dating show it is the exact thing that i like it is the exact type of content that i am super into that's all I know. That is all I know. Love Island. Again, I wish I could. Uh, I wish I could say thank you to whoever introduced me to this fucking show, but applause is what you get. Fantastic. It's so dumb. I love a good dumb dating show, and this fits right within that. So, shout out to Love Island. Can't wait to keep watching the latest season that is on my on-demand. Love it. Also, the presidential debate for BLTN is coming. I'm putting together a couple of some notes. I've been talking to some of the, the squad at work, but what's the best approach and how I can do this? And we're getting a couple of ideas. We've still got a lot of time left in the summer. We're going to get to some stuff, but I also need your help. So if you're looking to get involved in the BLTN presidential debate, I would love to hear from you. But what I need is some questions for the candidates. Now, Dukes and Donkey Volley, if you're listening to this, you do not get to submit questions for each other. No. You will both be asking or answering questions from the BLTN faithful, as well as myself. Maybe some Nation HQ staff has got some questions for you. So if you've got questions for candidates for the presidential debate that I am going to be having once I figure out the best way to do it, remember, Dukes is in Australia, Donkey Volley is in in Northern England, and I'm in fucking Canada. Our our time zones are not going to work out well here. What I'm thinking, though, early thoughts, and I was DMing with Dukes about it, he said, if we do a debate or something on Zoom, I want to be able to drink. And I said, damn it, you should be able to drink. You know what I want to do while well, you're drinking? I want to drink too. So we're going to have some kind of drunken debate. But I need some questions. So what I'm asking for from you is just email me, bagmilkatoilersnation.com, slide into my DMs on any social, just say presidential debate questions. I'm going to take a log. I'm going to take your handles. And we're going to ask these guys the important questions you all want to know. What does that mean? I have no I have no idea. What does the president of the BLTN society or whatever you want to call it, what do they do anyway? I have no idea. But so far on social media, what I am telling you is that they have supporters on each side. There are some that are Team Dukes. There are some that are Donkey Volley. 
Duke's actually uh, accused me of being Team Donkey because I play so many of his bumpers. Well, I'm looking at my bumper bar here. He's the only one that really sends things in. I've got Captain Felton in here. I've got Budget Mark Hoppus a couple of times. I've got Nick in here. I've got Matthew. But there's a whole lot of Donkey Volley. Does that mean I am on his side? No, it does not. I'm going to be as impartial as I possibly can. We need this to be as fair as possibly can. I'm going to take this as seriously as a BLTN presidential debate should be taken, which is very seriously. Super serial. Super serial. Lastly, just before I get to the news, I'm excited. I love live events. I love that we're getting back to normal and we're doing things again. And for me, I get to go to an Elks game on Sunday. I know they're terrible. I haven't seen an Elks game. I haven't been to Commonwealth Stadium for a football game seven years, six years, seven years, somewhere in that window. I haven't been in forever since they were the, you know what they were called. So anyway, I'm going to the Elks game on Sunday. Looking forward to it. I've heard they haven't won at home in a while. (laughs) Well, maybe they just need bag milk in the, in the, in the, in the, in the crowd, you know, whoops, I didn't mean to push that. Come on, Elks. Do it for me. Do it for me. Let's get to the news. The news brought to you by SYC Brewing. Go check them out, sycbrewing.com. They've got everything you need for summer, including beers, ciders, and merch. New beers coming out all the time. I recommend a clock out. Flat of clock out lager, only 60 bucks, regularly 80. And again, we're talking about tall boys sycbrewing.com go get it checked out i would love for you to check them out not a whole lot going on in the news so we're going to be diving into silly season and first up connor brown he was on luke gazdick's podcast called uh mitts off with luke gazdick and they were talking about well first of all before they were talking about it i love that luke gazdick as you'll hear in the clip i'm about to play is so biased towards being an oilers fan i fucking love it so luke that you asked this question i love you buddy Mitts off Luke Gazdick talking to Connor Brown. So you talk about being an armchair GM in UFA season and like I did imagining myself, you know, in a Bruins jersey or in a whatever Nashville jersey. Um, How much does a like coming back home to Canada? Will you look at that? And you're making me smile right now thinking about maybe a possible Euler reunion at some point (laughs) in your career. Like, have you thought of that down the road being like, man, it would be really cool to play with Debo again at some point. The answer is yes, Connor Brown. Playing with Connor McDavid would be excellent. Listen here, Connor Brown. Whoops. Listen here, Connor Brown. If you come to Edmonton and play with Connor McDavid, you sign a one-year contract, my boy. You sign a low bonus-laden contract. You only played four games last year. You had a hard time, injury-riddled season, but we could bounce back. We could bounce back from that. But what I need you to do is take a one-year deal, make it cheap, get a lot of bonuses, and play with Connor. Then after one year, you guys win a Stanley Cup, you score a bunch of goals, and you can go right off into the sunset and sign a big ticket elsewhere. Sound good? Of course it does. Satan, out. You'd be lying to say no. Like, of course, it would be it would be awesome to play with 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 him, and um, more so for anything, he's going to win a cup here eventually. Uh, it has and, to. <sighs> he said Connor's going to win a cup, and I love him for it already. And, and you know, and as a player, that's what I want to do. You know, I want to win 
you know, uh, you, you're a player, you want to win in a Stanley cup in the NHL. And that, that's, that's, uh, a, a, you know, a big priority going into where you're going to land. And so, um, but you, you think about every scenario, truly. You got to think about everywhere scenario, but doesn't this feel like, doesn't this feel a little bit like Zach Hyman and Jack Campbell over the last couple of years where we all knew he was coming, even though it wasn't official, but Bagman, you told me that Gary Bagman said that nobody talks contracts before July 1st. Give me a break. You think that teams and agents and players can navigate the extensity of a contract that's got all kinds of little fine print and bonuses and blah 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 in the span of minutes on july 1st get the fuck out of here this feels like one of those ones where connor brown's already got like a contract that he just has to sign his name on waiting on his desk at home He's going to rush to his staples. He's going to fax it out. Fuck, I wouldn't even be surprised if he's just, oh, I just happen to be in Edmonton because I'm a fan of the fringe. And he signs a deal. I don't know when the fringe is, but you know what I mean. It sounds like, and it feels like to me, that Connor Brown is the 2023 version of Zach Hyman, where it's just, everybody knows it's coming here. It's just a matter of getting to July 1st and riding it out. We've got, what is that, 10 days left? I guess we'll see. In other news, sticking with silly season, is Kaylor Yamamoto going to be gone by the draft? That's what I'm wondering these days, because it seems like a foregone conclusion by a lot of people that he's going to be the one that goes. I hate to see it because I like the way he plays. If he was making about one and a half, nobody would be having this conversation, but it's kind of the same as Yasapuliarvi from last year. He was just making too much money and the Oilers have no space. Think about it. In the four years, this will now be the fifth year of Ken Holland. The cap has gone up by like a million bucks. That is nonsense, man. How are you supposed to do this shit with cap that doesn't move? I don't know. So on Oilers Nation every day uh, last week, Frank Saravalli was asked about Kyle Yamamoto. And his quote is, my sense is that the Oilers know already and have in their pocket someone that will take Yamamoto for free. That would eliminate the buyout. I don't like dead cap space any place, any time, even though Yamamoto's buyout would be very palatable. It's like 500 grand both years. Still, you don't want to have that money if you don't have to. And if you can get a piece back in return, fucking draft pick, a human that exists, like in the Yes Pulley trade, you'd take it. But what happens if Kyler Yamamoto doesn't go? Darren Dreger was on the Got Your Back podcast with Ryan Rashog, and he said if the Oilers the Oilers, if they can't move Yamamoto, I think they're a little concerned they might have to move Warren Fogle. I don't think that's what they want to do, but I've heard that when other teams are talking to Edmonton, I think there have been some teams that have said, we know, we saw how Fogle played in the playoffs. He was available a lot of times last year. Can we have him? Warren Fogle played so much better towards the end of the season last year once he finally started to get a little bit healthy and into the playoffs. I'm curious. I I know we talked about this last week, but I'm curious to see what happens here. I honestly see a scenario where both Yamamoto and Fogle are gone, and they're really trying to clear cap space. That's just me. I don't know anything about anything. Of course you don't know anything about anything. You just talk shit out of your ass. That's what this whole fucking podcast has been for the last year and a half, dummy. The other name that's been circling around the Oilers of late is Carolina Hurricanes defenseman Brett Pesci on Insider Trading last week. I wrote about OilersNation.com. Darren Dreger said, listen, if the Carolina, I'm paraphrasing, if Carolina Hurricanes can't sign Brett Pesci, then the Edmonton Oilers are surely going to be interested in his services. I wrote about it. We all got excited about it. Fucking love a good silly season rumor. Only a couple days ago, again, on the Got Your Back podcast with Ryan Rashog, 
Darren Dreger put some water on his own rumor, which really was a kick to the shin that I didn't want. Just let me stew in the rumor for a few days, man. Come on, bro. What he said on Brett Pesci goes, you know, I think we have to qualify the level of interest here. And I know that the Oilers are interested. I know the Buffalo Sabres are interested. And there's probably 10 more teams with interest for all the reasons that we've talked about. So I wouldn't get my hopes up too high, but when you define an area of need and want, you know they want to upgrade on what they have in Cody Ceci. You guys know this. So to have, uh, so you have to be involved in those conversations, and I'm pretty sure the Oilers are. So we put some water on the rumor. I didn't even get to enjoy it for more than a couple of days, but I still have dreams of Brett Pesci coming in. If you can slot him out alongside, oh, I don't know, Darnell Nurse and really quiet him down the way Matthias Ekholm did with Evan Bouchard, all of a sudden our top four is looking much Mighty, mighty fine, people. Looking real nice. In other news, I want to touch on Evander Kane and his girlfriend welcomed another child this week. Hendrix Frank Kane. Personally, what? Yahoo! Uh, Personally, congratulate Evander Kane on the new baby. Also, want to say thank you to him for honoring my dog with the middle name. I don't know who Frank is, of course, in Hendrix, Frank Kane. I can only assume, as somebody with literally no knowledge of his family tree, that the Frank in this name is relating to my dog or Frank Saravalli. Right? Of course. In other news, as we move along, Ken Hitchcock, former coach of the Edmonton Oilers, he was here for a minute. Remember that? You remember. They got rid of Dave... Uh, no, who they get rid of? They got rid of uh, Tom McClellan. Our former friend Tom McClellan, they replaced him with Hitch. Today, Ken Hitchcock was named to the Hockey Hall of Fame. I was a little bit surprised he wasn't there already. The 71-year-old seems like he's been around forever. Stanley Cup won basically everything you can do at the coaching level. He made it in with the builder category. The rest of the names are Henrik Lundqvist, Tom Barrasso, Pierre Turgeon, Mike Vernon, Carolina, uh, Caroline Ouellette, and Pierre Lacroix. The most notable omission, at least from my standpoint, is because just because I watched him and he was fucking awesome, was Alex McGilney. I don't know what Alexander McGilney has to do to get into the Hall of Fame. There's got to be some kind of story there, some kind of bias or something. I have no idea. Obviously, I'm guessing. But a guy played 990 games in the NHL and put up 1,032 points, including a 107-point season in 95-96 with the Vancouver Canucks. Seems odd that he is not in there, given some of the other folks that got in. So when I think about Alex McGilney not getting in, I always look for this story. So thank you to Jabo Vancouver for posting it because I see it every now and then. And it's an all time Alex McGilney story that I would love to read to you. If I've got one moment, please. Okay. Uh, I wish I could remember who the quote is from too. So as a former Canucks player talking about his time spent in McGillney's, all you need to know. One time we were in the locker room and Mike Keenan is all over him. We were like, holy shit, normally he's not on McGillney like that. McGillney looks up and he's like, Mike, have you ever heard of how I defected? How they fucking threatened my family? How they wanted to kill everybody? You think you're fucking scaring me? What a story. I love it. Mama. Uh, did I talk about heritage classic tickets last week? Because the, the pre-sales came out and I was lucky enough to get a pre-sale code. So I popped in there. I wanted to check out what was doing on the heritage classic tickets, how much they were, what the sight lines would be like for varying price ranges. What I did not expect, however, is how fucking expensive they are. There's somebody at my house. Frank is going crazy. Is it an Amazon man? Do I got a treat? 
I can't see out the window. Doesn't matter. I go to get Heritage Classic tickets, and I'm dumbfounded by what I saw when I logged into Ticketmaster. Have you looked yet? Have you looked? Because if you have not, let me tell you, if you are sitting in the second balcony, let's say you want to sit in the middle. I'll put it that way. Commonwealth is very large. You're like, I want to sit in the middle, even Stephen on both sides, of the, uh, both sides of the ice. Well, what you're going to get is second level, if you want to sit towards the bottom, $300 plus per seat. In the lower bowl, $900 plus per seat. Where did your boy Bag Milk get tickets? Did I get tickets? You fucking know I got tickets. Will I ever financially recover from it? No, I will not. I paid, I think it's $240 per seat is what I spent. And I am nowhere near the ice. I'm nowhere near the ice. I might as well be sitting in the light fixtures at the top of Commonwealth Stadium. I might as well be sitting up there. I assume that I am not going to be seeing a fucking lick of hockey when I am in that in that stadium. The only reason I really ended up buying the tickets is because I just want to be there. I went to the one in Winnipeg. And after a long bus ride, we got there and we were sitting lower bowls somewhere, probably about 40 rows up give or take, I'm, I'm guessing. So I'm like, I'd like to sit there. They were reasonable. You could kind of see, you could, you know, kind of. L- listen, if you're watching a hockey game in a football stadium, you're not going to see anything anyway. So if you're going, well, bag milk, I want to see the field, but I don't want to pay $900. Well, you're not going to. You're going to be watching the TV with the rest of us. <laughs> I just hope it's not cold. Anyway, I wanted to sit kind of where we were sitting in Nashville or in Winnipeg, and then I saw the tickets. It's just like, no. What? And I'm going to touch more on the Heritage Classic tickets in the Righteous Sack beating a little bit, but I I just, I don't understand it. And I guess I'll just leave it at that because I want to talk about more in the RSB, but man. The other thing that made some waves in the hockey world this week is UFC president Dana White. He was on the Nelk Boys podcast and which, by the way, which I find funny that the president of the UFC is going on the Nelk Boys podcast, whereas the NHL will be like, oh my God, we don't want to even associate with podcasts. I wrote about this the other day in Random Thoughts last weekend at OilersNation.com. I was just like, the Edmonton Oilers don't want to do anything with us, whereas these boys are just having the president of the UFC on their podcast. He asked, he was asked about the NHL and I quote, fuck them. They're all old, dumb fucking people that have no idea what's going on. They have no idea where the younger generation is, how you reach them, and any of that shit. Total views for the NHL in the middle of their conference finals, they did 25 million video views. Power Slap, which was just a pay-per-view event, did 90 million. Say what you will about Dana White. Say what you will about the UFC. You're not into combat sports or mixed martial arts. I get it. But the guy markets. And for a sport that I love, the NHL just being so bad at everything. It's just, it's painful sometimes. I think about even OilersNation.com. And let me tell you a little bit of story. The Oilers don't like us very much. And if you have never heard that before, you may go, what? They don't. They just don't like what we do. They don't like that they have no control over what OilersNation.com is or says. And it's been a problem for us over the years. So you get a guy like Zach Lang, who's our news director, who uses his real name. He doesn't do shtick like old bag milk does. He applies for credentials with the Edmonton Oilers. And they basically just say, no, you are associated with OilersNation.com. No. 
Last year in the Stanley Cup Finals, the Oilers were playing the Calgary Flames in the second round of the playoffs. I'm sure you remember. Ryan Pike, who is credentialed by the Calgary Flames down in Calgary, he tries to apply for creds up here in Edmonton on behalf of FlamesNation.ca. And he goes, no, you are, the Oilers say, no, you are associated with OilersNation.com. You cannot have credentials. We as an organization, the Nation Network that is, have credentials in Vancouver. We have them in Toronto. We have them in Calgary. We've got a massive team of people going to the NHL draft next week in Nashville, all credentialed under the Nation Network, and yet it's the Edmonton Oilers who are the only ones that think this way. They don't want help from a massive blog, I should say. Like if sometimes I don't think people understand how big ON is, and I want to pump our tires for a little bit. And if this sounds like skeevy, I'm sorry, but like the website has gotten really big over the years. Our shows are getting big, our podcasts are getting big. Even this dumb podcast is bigger than you probably think it is. Why wouldn't they want our help? Why wouldn't they want to work together? Why do they think that everything we do is evil? I don't get it. And the reason I'm thinking about that is because Dana White saying they don't know how the f- what the fuck's going on. They have no idea where the younger generation is or how to reach them, is the quote. Meanwhile, you look at some of the shit we post on TikTok and things get a million views. Our YouTube is popping. Tyler's show is growing steadily even though the Oilers haven't played in over a month. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. And I guess I just thought that was an interesting way to end the news. I'm not a UFC fan. But what I do pay attention to is when a president of another sporting league comes in and criticizes the NHL on things that a lot of us have been thinking anyway. I thought it was interesting. And that wraps up the news. Brought to you by SIC Brewing. Go check them out at SYCBrewing.com. Ahoy there, listener. You're listening to Better Late Than Never, the number one podcast for testicular-related discourse in the entire Edmonton metro area. For my friends at Betway, it is time to do a little bit of betting talk. And what I like to do around this time of season, or this time of the off season, is I just like to pop in and look at what the books say about our beloved Edmonton Oilers and just hockey in general. You know, I like to know what's doing out there. I like to look at the bets. I like to see if maybe there's a couple of shekels that I could put down somewhere. Something that makes a little bit of sense. So I'm looking at some of the futures. They've got some draft uh, NHL draft picks in here. I think this one, this NHL draft position is interesting. Like, if I was a draft nerd, I would be all over this stuff. Like, Andrew Cristal, draft position, 21 and a half. Do you take the over or do you take the under? I have no idea. But there's a lot of names on here where I go, man, this would be fun if I knew who any of these people were. If this was like decade of darkness draft obsession like we all were i would be all over these but the ones that i want to get to looking ahead at next year is the heart trophy winner i know this year's heart trophy hasn't even been given out yet it's connor's we all know it next year though what are the odds connor mcdavid plus 100 he has got the books basically just think he's gonna win number two on the list leon dreisaitl 
plus 700. A couple of shekels on there. Seven times your money. Come on. Nathan McKinnon is up next at plus 900. Matthew Kachuk after that at plus 1,000. Uh, David Pasternak at plus 1,200. And Austin Matthews at plus 1,600. Where am I putting my money? Well, my heavy bet, of course, on Connor McDavid. I threw a couple of shekels on there this morning. And then I'm also putting a couple of shekels on Leon Dreisaitl because I just, I don't bet against him either. It just feels like if Connor's going to, if Connor's not going to win, it's going to be Leon that wins. Those two are so good together. You can come at me with your rebuttals, but I disagree. Be sure that you are 19 plus and able to bet responsibly. If you can do it with Betway, that wraps up a quick edition of some betting talk that it's always fun to look ahead, isn't it? It's always fun to look ahead. Are you? I'm Optimus Prime, and you're listening to Better Late Than Never with Bagged Milk, Autobots, Transform, and Roll you- Out. I cut you off, Captain Felton. I apologize. You want to see a man, boy? I'll show you a man. Kick me in the jimmy. For Trilogy Oilfield Rentals, it's time for the Righteous Sack Beating. Of course, Trilogy Oilfield Rentals are an established provider of tools and expertise across multiple oilfield disciplines, specializing in rentals, pipe recovery, abandonments, and completions. They currently... Uh, they currently maintain full-time operating units in Provost, Weyburn, and Kindersley. What kind of tools do they have? Well... They've got rental tools, fishing tools, coil tools, drilling tools, mills and bits, completion tools, any tool you need for your job site. Go check them out at TrilogyRentals.ca. Let's get to the Righteous Act beating. I mentioned it was going to be about the Heritage Classic, and it kind of is, but it's not really. It's more of a bigger point. The Righteous Act beating this week just has takes aim at the NHL as a whole. The NHL, in my opinion, is pricing itself out as being a league that is accessible to normal people. As I'm buying my Heritage Classic tickets, I'm crying inside because the cost is outrageous. But at the same point, I'm fortunate in the sense that I'm doing okay. I don't have any kids. I live with my missus, so we split some expenses so I could afford to do it. But I also know that there's a lot of you that are listening to this or maybe people just you know that have kids and they want to go to an Oilers game. They would love to experience the Heritage Classic with their children or as a family. But at the prices that they're at, they just can't get there. I think of my buddy Travis. He's got some kids. They all love hockey. He loves hockey. But for him to take his family to the Heritage Classic, that's a mortgage payment beyond two mortgage payments. When we're living in a time when a lot of people can't even come up with $500 for an emergency expense if they need it, the NHL is so out of its fucking mind in terms of how it prices its product that I don't really understand it. If you've ever been on Instagram lately, I'm sure, and especially if you live in Edmonton, I'm sure you've seen the ads for the Isoletics or Isoletics or whatever they are, the shoes, the Adidas Oilers branded shoes that they're trying to hawk for $500, $500, what you could buy a pair of Adidas white shoes like that for, I don't know, 70 and get someone to paint them for you for nothing, $500, what are you doing? I don't understand what the NHL is going on. What's going on with the NHL here? They don't have um, they don't have cheap tickets for students. They don't have the game day singles like they used to have back in the day. They don't have uh, any discounted items at all in merch. Like if you're talking about a jersey, is three hundred and ten dollars. No other sport is like that. At least like I bought a Jays jersey. It was like 170, which is still expensive for what amounts to a button up t-shirt, but still 170 is significantly better 
than 310. The tickets are nuts. I'm paying $240 per ticket to sit nowhere near the ice. I just want to be there. I want to report on it for OilersNation.com. I want to get the vibes. I want to soak it all in and I want to make content out of the evening. That's ultimately why I bought my tickets. But if you are like, if you're a younger guy, maybe you're in school or you're somebody with a family or you just, you just don't have a whole lot of extra money to spend on things like NHL tickets. Who are these for? Who is your market? Because I can tell you one thing right now is families, you're pricing them out of you ever being able to enjoy your product. The NHL is so out of it with these things. I'm going to the Elks game on Sunday. I mentioned that. We got discounted tickets. They were having a promotion. We spend, I think the tickets are like 16 bucks each. Granted, different leagues, different payrolls, different all that blah, blah, blah. I get it. But if you're going to spend your money and you want to get bang for your buck, going to an Elks game for 16 bucks or spending literally $500 on two tickets to go see an outdoor game that I won't even be able to see probably, it's crazy. I don't understand what the NHL is doing. I don't understand how they're growing the game. I don't understand how any of this stuff works. I know I'm not smart enough to realize and fully grasp the economics of what it takes to put on the NHL and to put on a team on the ice. I get that. But what I do understand is how much it costs to do literally anything involving the NHL. When I was in Los Angeles, we went to a baseball game. We went to go see the Angels. The tickets were $20. Yeah, there's 81 games, and yeah, the stadium's bigger, but they were like $18, and you got in the stadium. The seats weren't good, but at least we got to watch. My seats are very bad for the Heritage Classic. They cost significantly more. So what is the righteous sack beating this week? It's the NHL and just being completely unaware of what's going on in the world and just legitimately and maybe purposely pricing so many people out of being able to enjoy what is a fantastic sport. You want to see a man, boy? I'll show you a man. Kick me in the jimmy. I took her home from an Oilers game. I grabbed a beer and she asked for the same. I head back to the bridge for an IPA, but all I had was mouth that's begged. And that's about the time she walked away from me. Nobody likes it when you're out of company. Okay, the RV with the Oilers sweater. Your intro is a budget. I guess I'll just sit here and check out better than there's nothing better late than never. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I didn't realize I've been yammering on for almost an hour already. This is going to be a long episode, people. I hope you're into it. The voicemail brought to you by the fine folks at Alfa Romeo of Edmonton. 
Got my vehicle service last week. I got to go check out some of the new whips that they had in the showroom. It was fucking cool, man. Alfa Romeo of Edmonton, if you're looking for a new whip or if you're looking to test drive a car, let me recommend. Let me do a little recommendation for you. The uh, Tenali. If you go on my Instagram, hi, my name is Bag Milk, and go check out the pictures of the Tenali that I posted. It's the Red Whip. It's an SUV. It is fucking cool, man. I got to sit in it. I got to hang over a little bit, and fingers crossed I might be driving one soon. We'll see. Shout out to Alfa Romeo of Edmonton. We got a lot of voicemails to get to, and this is already turning into a very long podcast, so let's get down to business. Hey, Bag Milk. Presto here again. Just Greetings, Pesto. I am looking forward to hearing this one, my friend. You took some shrapnel last week. I don't think it's fair, by the way, Presto. So if you're listening to this, just know I don't think it's fair, some of the shit you take. I just want to say again, thank you for giving nobodies like me a little bit of a voice on the air, whether you like my opinion or not. So, I- Of course. This podcast doesn't work without the voicemail and people like you, Presto. Anytime you need it. Really appreciate that. It's a great podcast. Um, everybody is saying the same thing you did, that we should take a positive out of this, that the Oilers are close. Now, look, offensively, totally get it. We are there. But let's just take a look at it from another way, especially next year. Most of our talk and most of our expectations are hope. We hope that Soup is better, even though he was the worst goalie in the NHL, if not the worst, really (laughs) close. And I find it funny that we can't move Soup. It's impossible. But somehow L.A. moved a goalie worse than Soup and ended up $3 million positive on the cap. Holland should do something like that, in my opinion. I Listen, I don't know. I, I do legitimately think that Soup will be better. I just think that he was so fucking bad that he'll get closer to where his normal baseline is. But to your point, though, how L.A. was able to move Cal Peterson, and even though nobody thought that he was movable, I 100% agree, Presto. I don't necessarily know that uh, Jack Campbell's the one that I would want to move. Well, maybe. I mean, if you can get a deal, then you'd probably do it. But the point kind of goes across the board. We're hearing all of these insiders or people connected to the others go, oh, well, I don't know that we should be expecting a busy year. It's going to be little fringe pieces here and there, more depth moves and major moves. Fuck that, man. Let's get swinging here. How do you move Cal Peterson? Nobody wanted him. Deal sucks. I'm with Presto on this one. We're hoping that CeCe is the guy he was two years ago, even though he wasn't good in Toronto and he wasn't good in Ottawa and he had one good year in Pittsburgh. I do not think defensively we're as close as all the Oilers guys want to believe because we're always trying to be optimistic about the team. I don't see how they can beat a team like Vegas if you look at their six defensemen and their four lines. We're not there yet. And other teams have a lot more money than the Oilers and they're going to be better next year. And if LA lands Hullabuck, Look out. Anyway, I'm not trying to poo on the parade, but I think you got to look at it from both sides. Have a great day. Uh, Go Oilers. I got no arguments with you on that. I got no arguments. I think that the Oilers are good. I think they're a really good hockey team, and I think they're going to be good again this season. But yeah, I'd I'd love to upgrade Cody Ceci. I talked earlier in in, in the podcast. How can you get Brett Pesci? How do these teams make these moves? How do you get creative and move cap space around and fucking dip, dodge, future consideration, blah, blah, blah? Like, I want to know. I want to know. You're telling me you can't get rid of Cody Cece for like a late round pick fucking four years from now? That seems to be the new trend. Teams are trading their first round pick for like three years down the road. Why can't we do something like that? I'm with Presto. Next up, NHL superstar. I bagged milk. It's me, NHL star talker Pullman. 
<laughs> I support Donkey Volley. We both think we should trade Nuge for a draft pick. Oh, how Don't dare you. you wanna be smart and cool like us? Be smart like Tucker Pullman. I eat Vaseline <laughs> on toast. <laughs> what where whoever's doing these and I've, I've got my suspicions can you slide in my dms and let me know where you make these i've got ideas i've got ideas before i started recording this podcast i was on a meeting with jay and some other people and tyler actually and we were just talking about some future planning that we're doing for next season and beyond and i was in the meeting and i was getting a little bit bored so i started playing with these filters because what i really want to do is i want to release this as some kind of video podcast for you guys to watch but obviously you know the shtick right so i'm trying to figure out how that works and just like i did with the podcast i'm trying to teach myself how to do it so i'm playing with all these filters and things and i was having a great time i was super distracting so my point of the story is i was using a bunch of voice filters and i'm like giving my opinion on what we need to do as a company using this voice and i'm dressed like a, a i was like a bunny or whatever and i was like evil bunny thinks we need more shows i was having a good time that's what it reminded me of slide in my dms please hey bag milk presto here heard Ooh. the podcast heard that you didn't want to argue with me i don't argue with you Presto, but it sounds like we're gonna personally i don't think we're arguing i think we are discussing maybe aggressively at, at best yeah, I'm good with that. I'm I'm good to discuss aggressively. But if you want to argue, I'll argue. I just don't understand how you can go on to on the radio cuz normally I totally back your opinions. I follow you. I think that that you I, I think just like you in most cases on hockey. We have a poor defensive team or not a great defensive team. Yeah. So you're willing when you say we're in the win now to trade our best and really only defensive prospect in What did I say who who am I trading again? I don't remember. Did I say we're trading Philip Broberg? I don't remember what I said, Presto. I want to argue with you, but I don't remember what I said. Philip Proberg, ah, who right now is. will have very little trade clout. Maybe a little bit, but not much. Whereas Nuge would have a ton. So you're saying we're in win now. We're willing to give up our only good defensive prospect on a defensively poor team, but we won't give up a guy who's horrible in the faceoff dot. Who He is a winger, though. Off the power play is more than average. He Half his points came up 5 on 5 If you look at the numbers... And we have an abundant abundance of offense on this team. So you're saying we're in win now, but we won't trade Nuge because we love him. But we'll trade Bro- Broberg, our only really, really good defensive prospect. That's exactly what I'm saying. You're confirming my point for me, Presto. I know we got some time left on this voicemail, but I'll, I'll give you my rationale on this. I'll get, I've got it. I've got it in my brain. I'm sorry, Bag Milk. To me, that makes absolutely zero sense. What if you could turn Nuge into another Ekholm? That wins us a Stanley Cup. That kind of defensive person with Broberg, with the guys we already have, wins us a cup. We're short on defense. We can't give up any more defensemen. It has to be an offensive guy with some cap to free it up to get the players that this team needs to win. Again, I am not arguing. I'm strictly stating my point from a <laughs> loving the Oilers but sick of the defense point of view. Have a great day. I love it, Presto. We're arguing, buddy. I'll argue with you. Here's the thing about Philip Broberg is I just... He, you're right. He's one of our best defensive prospect, uh, prospects. I'm not arguing whatsoever. But if you want to bolster another area of need in the in the lineup, like as an example, if you can get Brett Pesci out of Carolina and they ask for Philip Broberg, are you making that trade? Because I am. I'm doing it every single day. They're going to want defense. Brett Pesci is a better player than Philip Broberg. And here's the reality: I don't think that Philip Broberg helps us win today. We are in win now mode, but I don't think he helps us win all that much. Look at how he was played in the in in the playoffs. Like, let's have a look here. I'm going to open his player page here. Looking in the playoffs, he did not play more than nine forty nine was the most minutes he played. 
He's not an impact player on the Edmonton Oilers as they're currently constructed. Nuge is an impact player. We need more impact players on the roster if we're going to take the second step. And yeah, I agree that Nuge would absolutely have more trade value than Broberg. So I'm not like pushing Broberg out the door. But what I am saying is Broberg plus a first next year probably is going to get you something reasonable and you don't have to trade Nuge. Because in my opinion, right now, the Oilers need to win today. I don't think Philip Broberg is far along enough in his progression to win today. I want to win before Leon Dreisaitl's extension. I just don't think Broberg helps us get there. Next message. Top of the fucking morning to ye. Well, top of the morning to ye. Bagged milk. Got a bit of a joke for you. Heard at the pub the other day. <laughs> I, you guys are so confusing. Like, is this a new person with a different, like now I've got a Scottish friend on the podcast? What is this? Or is this an impression? Are you guys fooling me again? Thought you might be interested. Goes a bit like this. What does the roof of the saddle dome and fucking donkey valley have in common? <laughs> well, they both want to trade Ryan Newton Hopkins for a fifth round pick. <laughs> I don't didn't believe it myself, but apparently it's true. <laughs> anyway, stay well. <laughs> except if you're Donkey Valley. <laughs> That's a good one. You actually you fucking bamboozled me, man. I was like, oh, no, not another accent I've got to deal with. Come on, man. Uh, Captain Felton here. We've got a 23-second message from Captain. Is this another bumper? Dukes, I'm trying to collect bumpers here so that it's not all donkey volley. Again, this is a fair fight. The presidential debate must happen, and it must be equal. Captain Felton, what say you, sir? This is your captain speaking from Vancouver. With this presidential debate raging on, I will be endorsing only one candidate. Oh, shit. And that candidate will be Dukes oh. Australia. Sorry, donkey. Maybe next time. Mm, yes. Wow. Celebrity nation citizen Captain Felton just endorsing Dukes for the BLTN presidential election. Wow. That is heavy. I thought we were going to get a bumper there from the captain. He makes good shit. I did not expect an endorsement this early. So Dukes is getting some love. Donkey Volley is getting some love. This is gearing up to be an interesting summer around here. Good afternoon. This is There he is. Donkey Volley checking in for the first time, at least that I know. It's a party political broadcast by the Donkey Party. The party that cares for you, dear listener, of better late than never. It has unfortunately come to my attention that the right honorable member of the opposition, Mr. Dukes91, has been conducting himself in a very poor way on <laughs> social media. Now, he will screenshot you having made a choice that you don't know about. Without my manifesto going forward and how I shall bring excellence to all of you <laughs> under the tutelage of Sir Bagdmill. These two fucking maniacs, and I say that in the best possible way. I'm I I was like, where are they? In my Instagram, they've got a back and forth going that are just is just madness. So I haven't I haven't listened to a lot of these. So I hope I don't have to edit anything out. But I've been purposely waiting for these voice messages that they've sent to each other to play on the podcast. So we're going to do a little bag milk, better late than never exclusive. Why aren't they playing? What's going on? 
They're not playing for me. Fucking Instagram. What is going on, Zuck? Anyway, the messages are completely unhinged. I'm going to figure that out. I'm going to get the audio out of these and I'm going to play them for you because these two fucking guys are just, they're cracking me up. Boys, I haven't been responding within this chat because I've just been simply enjoying it as a consumer of the chat that is going on. Uh, Duke says, I feel like I could bleed, we could bleed this over to real life and get everyone on that podcast to choose a side. I agree. I can do that. Uh, Donkey Volley says, I would like to apologize on behalf of myself and the other one for spamming your timeline. I shall hold the upper hand on this. Duke says, I would not like to apologize. I feel the volume of content just shows how devoted I am to the people of better late than never. Donkey Volley responds with, that is why you can't relate to the electorate. No humility, no care for their needs. Duke's response, are you saying the electorate has need for less of your content? Donkey Volley responds, I shall endorse the vote of the community. Less or more, they shall decide. Have you ever tried water, says dukes well i take the piss constantly out of the likes of you so that has been going on in my dms over the last little bit and it makes me very happy if i'm being honest next message good afternoon this is the donkey <laughs> this is not a presidential speech ahead, obviously is um the subject is um a previous subject on better late than never hmm. about guilty pleasures ah oh, hit me so question of the week your favorite guilty pleasures i love these love 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 these i just did a rant about love island being awesome donkey volley back to you you and everyone, your farts smell amazing, don't they? <laughs> when you're sat in your own house and just... <laughs> good afternoon. Oh, you've got to waft it. You've got to. And let's be honest, anyone else's, go and die in a house fire. I want bodies pulled out of a burning building if there's anyone else there. But yours and mine, oh, God, yes. Tremendous. <laughs> Guilty pleasure wafting your own farts. Who's in? Anybody? Raise a hand. Come on. Anybody? Come on. <laughs> Fucking madman. <laughs> I love that dude. Next message. Donkey, that is fucking disgusting. <laughs> yep, kind of. Before any of you start on me, I reach out to every man, woman, hermaphrodite, um, toaster, fuck? egg, waffle, toaster maker. Let's be honest. <laughs> Everyone enjoys their own anal gas. <laughs> Farting. I just need to put that out there. Sorry about that. Anyway, normal service shall be resumed. <laughs> oh, man. Next up, Ben, what are you going to say? Hello, Bagged Milk. Hello, sir. Today, I will be starting to run for better late than never president. Oh, shit. Now, I don't have Twitter or any. Oh, shit. We have got a new... Hang on, hold the presses. We have got a new presidential candidate emerging. It's Ben. Thing, so I'm just going to be campaigning for the, through the voicemail. No, I'm probably not going to get it, but uh, I don't know. But now that I am officially running, I must <laughs> say some stuff. Mm. Mm -hmm. I do not s participate in this low manner of a sneezing contest. I, uh... 
I think that the thing I like most about this uh, presidential campaign announcement is that Ben has uh, morphed into some kind of <laughs> combination of Donkey Volley and Dukes' accents smashed together. I think that's what I like most about it. Back to you, uh, potential future president. You will not hear any of that from me. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm probably less formal than both of them combined. Mm. But yes, I am going to be in the running now for better late than never president. Um, good luck to Donkey Volley and Dukes. Um, Dukes, pick up your game. You've left like one voicemail. Come on. Oh, shit. Now things are getting spicy. I see another voicemail from Ben. This one is five seconds long. What do you guys say, pal? Dukes, I have one word for you. Chevy. <laughs> Chevy. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? I've lost complete control of what happens on this podcast. The voicemail is outrageous. And I got, I'm looking at the board and I've got a whole lot more of them to get to. This one is anonymous, but like, who knows what kind of nonsense is in here? Let's go. Uh, Stokes coming in. Ah, Sir Dukes, now all three candidates. By the way, I said I wanted to do a drunken debate. We obviously can't do that with Ben around. Ben can't drink. I have to think of some side project for Ben to do. You know what, Ben? Even if you do not win the election, which I think you have a fair chance of winning, by the way, we're going to figure out a position for you in the... uh, in the caucus or, you know, just the on the team, whatever it is. Looks like he's going to try a little something here, this delivery. Going in around the wicket now, right arm, medium fast to Kawaja. Blocks it to square off. <laughs> Australia, two for 66 after 26 and three. Trial by 327. Not real fucking good. Um, but you know what else isn't real fucking good? Mm. Commentating cricket. In the voicemail. Yeah, like I didn't know what the, I knew you were talking about the Ashes because last week you told us that the Ashes were on. I see Australia won by two wickets, 27 balls left. That was test one of five. Uh, test two comes up on June 28th, which is next week. We'll see what happens. Back to you, Dukes. Um, this isn't, this isn't being directed at anyone in particular. Just in general, I think, I just want everyone to know that if you're sitting at home watching cricket going, oh, hang on, here comes Stokes again. Another piss week delivery. Kawaja! <laughs> Bit fine leg there. Just a single, though. Playing it safe. Um, no one gives a fuck about the cricket in the voicemail. Just, I don't know. <laughs> if, if you're the type of person that thinks about about, you know, commentating screwing in the voice mail? Probably probably do not, hey. Mm. Um again, not directed at anyone else. Oh, one more bowl before the fucker timer runs out. Let's see what this fuckwit can do. It's to Smith now. Smith blocks it. Anyway, that was shit. Team Dukes, let's go. <laughs> so our presidential candidate Dukes uh commenting on the ashes, of course. It's the cricket. Uh, between Australia and England. However, uh, he then decided that commenting on the cricket in the voicemail is not acceptable. So these are some presidential decisions that are going to have to be made. I am going to abstain from commenting on the cricket. We'll see what happens. Next voicemail. 
And uh, Donkey reporting live from the cricket once again. Australia <laughs> seventy eight for three, and Moen Ali comes into bowl with a lovely beard. What? The, like, did you guys plan that? Did you guys plan that to have two messages back to back in the voicemail of commenting on the ashes? Maybe we need to rank who does better cricket analysis as a podcast collective of none of us give two fucks about cricket. It's uh, it's really good to see all beards catered for in this ever-encompassing world of cricket. A sport for all. A sport for all beards. Tremendous work. Hmm. Um, comes in. Um, left arm bowl, a bit of a finger spinner, and um, some Australian idiot um, tries to throw a bit of wood at it. Australia, 78 for three. Or, as I say, down under, three for 78. Oh, you might. Rhymes. Hello. <laughs> Duke says, don't comment on the cricket. Donkey Volley comes in and comments on the cricket anyway. We have got a battle on our hands, folks. We've got a battle on our hands. i got to figure out how to sort out this situation. Don't worry. Leave it up to Bag Milk. Ben, you're next. Now, Bagged Milk, mm. I've said that you... I've heard that you have liked Duke's... Um, dogs' names. I do well, like Duke's dog's I've name. I've got some news for you. Go ahead. I got four fish. Mm. They're all named after. I also have a fish. Well, me missus has a fish tank. I have one fish in the fish tank. He is a beta fighting fish, and I named him Mike Typhon, which is arguably the greatest fighting fish name of all time. Back to you, Ben. Very special people. Okay, so number one, we got the little, little blue one. Probably hear him right now. Um... I'm glad that's a fish tank because I thought you were pissing on the podcast and I was going to be like, this is really gross. Name is uh, Nugent Hopkins. Love it. Mostly call him Nugent though because he's awesome. Feel free to and suck up to me with the these two things. pink ones are Connor and Leon because mm. they look the same. Besties. And they always hang out with each other. So yeah. And then the one that I have, the other one that is in a tank because he killed Whoop. other fish, which we will just call the Calgary Flames, hmm. is our boy, our Viking leader, Matthias Echo. Nice. I like naming a fish after Matthias Echo already. But I mostly call him Elky. So, yeah. <laughs> Again, I heard the accent coming and going there, Ben. Which accent, now I'm curious, as a uh, third presidential candidate, Ben, which of the accents do you prefer? Do you prefer Dukes or do you prefer Donkey Volley? It's an interesting question to ask a 13-year-old, especially since he's trying to do an impression of both of you or both of you combined or one or the other. I can't tell which. I like it either way, though, Ben. I like it either way. Uh, we got this one. Out of there, bag milk. <laughs> What's this I hear about y'all having some sort of election now? <laughs> I mean, on the one hand, you got that guy from from that from where the kangaroos are. I love that Dukes' impressions. First of all, the Scottish one, you nailed, dude. Really solid. This southern one, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. You're just kind of doing a southern drawl, but I can still hear that. Uh, till still hear the Aussie coming through. Oi, 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 as they say. And all he does is get drunk and takes long pauses in his senses and, and things like that. 
And then you've got that other guy who I think is already the president of a different social group, uh, the Durham County Badger Fuckers. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a small group that get together and it's a small group, the Durham County Badger Fuckers. They're just like yeah, it's a small crew with a very passionate uh, set of hobbies, <laughs> and they fuck badgers and. I, I assumed that was what they did by the name of the group. Other other sorts of small wildlife. <laughs> no, uh, just so the 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 badger fucker society they they don't they don't discriminate. Then uh, it's uh, all small animals are fair game, and this is really gross. Uh, I swear I haven't googled it though. Don't check my search history. Anyway. <laughs> Mama's got the hog off the stove. I better go have me supper. <laughs> Mama's got the hog off the stove. Better go have me supper. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, man, that's a great one. I might save that voicemail. Um, <laughs> for my own purposes, I guess. I don't know. Ben again. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Another thing. Sure. I can spend my entire <laughs> week after next week just leaving voicemails. I suppose, yeah. I, school's out. School's out. Ben's got shit to do. He doesn't have a job. Hey, Dukes and Donkey Volley, you've got a challenger here from somebody who doesn't have anything to do. Nothing. He's got a whole summer of fuckery ahead of him. Got no school. I got no responsibilities. I got nothing. Now, Donkey Volley... Um, he leaves a lot more voicemails than Dukes. He does, yeah. Dukes leaves some. They both have jobs. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I should do? Go for it. No, I'm kidding. You know what I'm going to do? Go ahead. I. Don't tease me now. I'm going to leave out more or put in more voicemails than those two combined well probably not the two combined but quite a bit okay Okay. the gauntlet has been laid gentlemen you've got a 13 year old with all the time on his hands that's coming to steal your thunder how are you going to respond good afternoon this (laughs) is the donkey of course who else would it be marconi plays the member listen to the radio to the radio don't you remember we built this city on rock and roll, right? We built this city on rock and roll. Mm. Words of a wise learned gentleman. We shall build this better late than never community on rock and roll. Amazing times and strong and stable leadership. Yet again. This is a party political broadcast by the Donkey. I think I'm going to come up with some kind of like Olympic style challenge for you guys. Ben is threatening to leave more voicemails than ever. You two leave a lot as it is. I don't want the voicemail to be necessarily completely overrun by voicemails, although I do enjoy them very, very much. So I'm thinking I need to have some kind of like social media gauntlet for you guys as well, where you get tasks of some kind. They're going to be easy. Just like who shares the podcast in your story the most and tags me. I'll keep track of that. Help me grow this podcast. If you want to be the president of the BLTN podcast society or the network or whatever we're going to call it, I need to know that you're committed in helping me grow the game. 
Is there something in it for you? Maybe there could be. I can figure that out. Again, we already know the winner is going to get a t-shirt. We know that the loser is also going to get a t-shirt designed by the winner. I just said that just now. Think about it. What t-shirt would you have your counterpart wear that they can wear on public they're not going to get arrested for? I will purchase it and send it to the other. How about that? Now let's start to get some shenanigans going. Voicemails are great, but how can we take it to the streets? How can we take it to the streets, boys? Good afternoon. This is um, Mr. Fucking Cute. Uh, French donkey, I believe. Uh, un on is what I believe uh, a donkey is called in French. Un on. Uh, I have influenced many presidential elections before. Or is he Russian? I don't know what a donkey is called in Russian. Especially the Americans. <laughs> we laugh at the Americans, Mr. Trump. What I would like to say is, uh, Mr. Dukes, we cannot endorse you. I would like to put my weight behind the donkey. Uh, Australia. Yes. Campaigns are coming in heavy. Coming in heavy. Presto, you are a man on an island outside of the presidential debate. That's why we gotta we gotta take it to the streets, I think. It's a sunny Sunday afternoon, and Dukes is drinking gin. Drinking gin, eh? I was never a big gin guy. There's a soda that you can only get in Southeast Asia called Manao Soda. It's basically like a lemon-limey kind of mellow yellow hybrid, essentially, if you can picture that in your mind. And that was the only kind of mixer soda that I could drink gin with. And I haven't been to Southeast Asia in 100 years, so I haven't drank gin in 100 years. So I respect it. What do you mix that with, by the way? Just tonic? I don't like tonic water. I think that is probably part of the problem. Gin and juice? Rolling down the streets, smoking endo, sipping on gin and juice. Um, I thought I'd be a little bit more relevant to this podcast than certain people were last week. Hmm. Um. I just wanted to chime in. Uh, it's been about half an hour since the game ended uh, between Brisbane Lightning and the Adelaide Adrenaline in the Australian Ice Hockey League. Ooh. Happy to announce that Brisbane won by a score of 7-4 to four, uh, with goals to C. Fashini, E. Speedle, J. Fedor, M. Roth, C. Fashini again. And Pretoria, so I'm probably pronouncing these wrong. And C. Kozletsky. Uh That's a lot of goals for the boys. Good win. Good win away. Good win away to Adelaide. Good win away in Adelaide against the Adelaide Adrenaline. Good win away against the Adelaide Adrenaline in the Australian Ice Hockey League for the Brisbane Lightning. So, um, drink break. Proudly brought to you by Edmonton Alfa Romeo. If I don't sell one, Sylvia, still. <laughs> it's the Alfa Romeo of Edmonton voicemail. Got to sell a Stelvio, a Stelvio, Dukes, a Stelvio. <clears throat> That's the car I drive. Looking at the Australian Ice Hockey League. <clears throat> one second, I got a cough. All right. The Australian Ice Hockey League. Let me see here. What do we got? I'm interested now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten teams in here. I got two divisions, the Hellier Ladder 
and the Rurock Ladder. Of course, Australian divisions have to be oddly named. The Bears currently in first place in the Hellier Ladder. 13 games played. They are 10-3-0. Excellent start for the Bears. On the other side on the Rurock Ladder, the Brave, they've played 14 games. They are 10-2-1. They've got a 10-2-1-1, I guess. They split up the OT. I like that, actually. They split up the OT winners from the actual wins. 33 points for the Brave. I'm curious. If I look here, league leaders, is there anybody I recognize? Probably not, but like, maybe. The, let me see, division combined. Yeah, well, combined totals here. This fucking website sucks. This website sucks. Uh. League leaders. Why do they call a division a ladder? Dukes, can you explain that? What is the significance of that? What am I missing? Uh, Scott Timmons leads the league in points right now. 17 goals, 25 assists, 42 points in 13 games. He plays for the Mustangs. Next up, Chris Schultz, Harley Anderson, Jordan McTaggart, Joachim Erdogan, Daniel Berno, Tyler Wishart. Hmm, let me see here. Former NHLers in the Australian Hockey League. Let's see if I get what Google tells me. Nathan Walker, of course, we remember former Edmonton Oiler. He played for Welshborn. Where'd he play? Nathan Walker, the Youngstown Phantoms. Oh, that was in the U, the, the USHL before moving to North America. Hmm. Seems like you just played in Europe. Seems like you just played in Europe. Well, the Australian Hockey League doesn't even get its biggest star, Nathan Walker. This is bullshit. 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 Next message. Ha! It's not Donkey Volume or the Australian guy. It's me. Suck it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's not Donkey Volume or the Australian guy. Suck it. Fuck you. (laughs) One more time. Ha! It's not Donkey Volume or the Australian guy. It's me. Suck it. Is that you, Ari? <laughs> Sounds like Ari. I got another message from Ari. Is this Ari? Ari, are you gonna are you gonna out yourself? Sounds like Ari. Hindsight is twenty twenty three. Bag of milk. Mm. If you could undo one thing this Oilers franchise has done in the past ten years, what would you undo and why? <sighs> so that could be a trade, a signing, a hiring. What do you got? <sighs> 10 years, eh? So 2022, 23. So that brings me back to about the Yakupov draft. Uh, drafting Yak first overall, that obviously didn't work out. Um, that wouldn't be the one I would take, though. Probably, you know what? Hiring Peter Shirelli. Hiring Peter Shirelli just because the Oilers won the McDavid draft. Mac T got booted unceremoniously from that position. I'm not saying that he was the answer by any means. I'm not saying that. But like replacing Mac T quickly with Peter Shirelli and then having to pay a draft pick to the Bruins who had already fired him just for the pleasure of him coming into town and fucking ruining everything. That would be my pick. That's a good question, Ari. Last message in the Alpha Romeo of Edmonton voicemail is from, of course, the Queen of England. R.I.P. the Queen. Mm-hmm. I'm not dead, you dumbasses. Oh. 
You know that Satan cause you begged me to help you with that thing. That's right. So keep my name out of your mouth before I go Will Smith on you and slap it out. I tried to tell them. And Donkey Boy making a fake queen voice. Low even for you. This voicemail isn't like one of your local sheep. You just can't insert yourself into it anytime you want. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's your classic classic sheep fucker joke. Right after a badger fucker joke. Dukes, I need to know where you're making these voicemails, man. Listen, you can say that dukes all you want, but what I really know is that it's the queen paging us from beyond the grave. She's on the other side, man. She sees it all. She's seeing it all from where she's at. Not only did she have the intel when she was alive and she was the queen of England, but now she's the dead queen of England that's leaving voicemails. She's got eyes on all of us, man. Eyes on all of us! All right, Satan, relax. Again, if you are looking to do a test drive this weekend, upgrade your whip, Time to go check out Alfa Romeo of Edmonton. It is time to go check out Alfa Romeo of Edmonton. It is time to go check out Alfa Romeo of Edmonton. Again, Alfa Romeo of Edmonton, I want to say thank you to them for taking care of the Stelvio really nicely last week, letting me play around in the Tenali. Again, it's a US uh, SUV, USV. It's an SUV from Alfa Romeo. Really nice price point on that baby, too. Not as expensive as you probably think, but you still get all the luxury accoutrement. Loved playing around in that Tenali. And I love another round of voicemails. If you have suggestions for this presidential debate, I think that is where I want to go in the voicemail. If you're just leaving some... Let's talk Oilers, of course. If you want to talk hockey, leave those in there. But if you want to chime in on the debate, ask a question for the boys. Or just give me some topics that you would like to cover. I'm going to compile a list. I want all your feedback. Ultimately, that's what this is all about. It's just a little bit of shenanigans. What should the presidential shirt say for the winner? How should we do it? Do you have ideas what you'd like me to ask? All of this stuff. Leave me in the voicemail. Hit me up on social. All my socials are in my Linktree account. Or you can just hit me up, bagmilk at oilersnation.com. And with that, we're going to wrap up the podcast because it was running long. An hour and a half already. That's too long. That's too much me. So I want to say thank you to the audio department, Betway and Trilogy Oilfield Rentals for being here. And most of all, most importantly, all of you for just joining in on whatever the fuck this podcast is. It makes It's honestly the highlight of my Wednesdays doing these and just laughing and having a good time on what is ultimately a really dumb show. Please keep chiming in. I appreciate you.